2: Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible
3: tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie, and you're listening to Stuff I Never Told You. It's a new year, and that means I've already had not one, not two, not three, but four friends come up to me and tell me about their diet and exercise plans to lose weight. I have one friend in particular who is big into Pinterest, and she has a board with all these pictures of fit women pinned on it, and a lot of them have these motivational quotes. And I'm walking a fine line between being supportive for her, but also trying to make sure that her goals are realistic. This whole idea of fitspiration or fitspo was really damaging for me when I was younger. I didn't understand why seemingly no matter what I did, I couldn't look like these women that are paid to look that way, why I couldn't get the body that I so desperately wanted. It took me a long time to realize that for me, fitspiration was unhealthy. And it's not that way for everybody. But this is a reminder to be mindful of the social media and images you are consuming. And if you notice unhealthy patterns developing because of those images, realize when you need to step away. Please enjoy this classic episode all about the ins and outs of FITSPO. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com.
4: and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And this episode about Fitspo slash Fitspiration is something that a listener from Australia suggested on Facebook. And I'm glad that she suggested it because it's something that has been on my mind as well. But before I go any further, let's talk about what Fitspo is for listeners that might be unfamiliar. Caroline.
0: Um, we got a good definition from an Atlantic article, actually. They talked to 17-year-old Paige Padilla, who runs a sort of, I guess you could call it a fitspiration or a thinspiration blog. And a lot of her images have actually taken off and sort of developed a life of their own out on the Internet. She had actually started her blog because she wanted to lose some weight to be on the rowing team. But she wanted to find a good, healthy way to do it. She wanted to inspire herself. And she also wanted to find out what other people did to inspire themselves, why they wanted to lose weight. And she started to get a lot of, I mean, I'm cutting the story very short, but she started to get a lot of very negative, almost scary things. So instead of being like, you know, I want to be strong, I want to be an athlete, it was more like, I don't want my thighs to touch. Or, you know, really negative uh, reinforcement instead of positive reinforcement.
4: Yeah, it veered into the pro-anorexic, pro-eating disorder, Thinspiration, that uh, a lot of the media have been reporting on in the past two years. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Tumblr have all taken steps to block uh, pro anna or pro-ed Thinspo from their sites. And so Padilla talks about how Thinspiration sort of led into fitspiration.
0: Right. And how she says, you know, there's thinspiration, which is now kind of an unhealthy, sickly fascination with someone with an eating disorder, she says. And then there's fitspiration, which concentrates on the health aspect. She says, my website, I've tagged it as thinspiration, but personally, I'm a fitspo blogger rather than a thinspo blogger. So not to get punny here, but there's a very thin line between... Thinspo and fitspo and positive motivation and something that's going to make you feel really bad about yourself personally, personal real talk time, when I'm on Pinterest and I see some of these fitspo images, and I'm talking fitspo, not thinspo, all these poses. I I start to really feel bad about myself. I'm not kidding. I mean, there's some stuff out there that is like, yeah, I I can be strong and I can be healthy and I can, you know, feel great about myself. And that's all well and good. But I feel like when you start to get into the territory of like, you know, you've got to do it every day or you're not good enough. He won't love you. You're not going to be successful. You're going to be ugly. Like all of this horrible messaging out there on the internet. I just like can't I can't look at it because it makes me just feel sick.
4: And there is the imagery involved as well. Just to offer some contrast between a typical fitspo image versus a thinspo image. Fitspo will be a close-up on a woman's highly sculpted, usually sweat-covered six-pack of Mm -hmm. abdominal muscles, indicating that she just worked out and look at her muscles. And it focuses a lot on that muscularity aspect, whereas a similar image that's more thin-spo would focus in on a girl's flat midriff and her uh, jutting hip bones, say. Sometimes on her rib cage too. It depends on the severity of the Thinspo, whether it's more pro-Anna or pro-Mia, which is short for pro-bulimia. But we wanted to focus this podcast on Fitspo because it's as though Fitspiration has sort of scooted under the radar, whereas Thinspiration is something that has come out to, you know, the public attention is being bad. It's bad for body image. It's promotional of eating disorders, et cetera. And, yeah, we have Fitspo hanging out. And the more Fitspo you look at and the more Fitspo messages you read, the more it becomes very clear that perhaps Fitspo is not all that healthy for us. And one of the things that came to my mind when we started looking into FitzBo is the phrase, strong is the new skinny. And you see that on a lot of Fitspo images. And to me, it's kind of the foundational tenet of Fitspo, because it's all about focusing on muscularity rather than skin and bone. Um, And I did a little digging on it because I wanted to know where it came from. I I assumed that it was probably some kind of branding something or other. And lo and behold, it was. It was invented and trademarked in March 2010 by Fitness Brands 2 LLC. And
0: now it's become this this whole thing online. Yeah, you really need to... I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to lecture here. But if, if you're going to be looking at images and quotes and stuff like this online, you really do need to be aware of marketing. Because what is good marketing? Marketing is making you want something without you even realizing that you're being convinced to do something. And strong as the new skinny sounds like a good thing, yeah, right? Well, yeah, it, it sounds like a good thing. And Fitzbo you know, kind of sounds like a good thing in that... Fit. You want to be fit. You want to be fit. You want to. It's coming like like Paige Padilla, the 17-year-old blogger said. It's coming from a good place of let's get fit, let's get in shape, let's get healthy. However, it it has kind of taken that turn. Well, how
4: about we read some of the messages? This is imagery aside. Just some messages that we found from Pinterest. If you just look up Fitspo... On Pinterest, some of the messages that you'll find include fit is not a destination. It's a way of life. Okay. Work for it. Pain is fuel. Now we're getting into dicey territory. To be able to say I used to be fat. Uh. What you eat in private, you wear in public.
0: God, y'all.
4: Do a little more each day than you think you possibly can. Which isn't, that's not terrible. That's kind of something that I think about in the workplace. This, though.
0: It's always too early to quit. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, There was one I saw that was awful because, okay, and we'll we'll talk about how, like, everybody's body shaming each other no matter what they look like, but the the quote that says, you know, skinny girls look good with clothes on. Fit girls look good naked. Which leads me to my new personal motto of nobody can win. You know, like, it's quotes like that that are supposed to somehow encourage you to go run or lift weights or do yoga or something but it's it's going about it in a really terrible way
4: well one of the fitspo messages for instance that i saw on pinterest was be positive patient and persistent that's great yeah that is totally fine Okay. Um, but you and I, Caroline, are not the only ones who have seen some red flags, some trouble spots um, in Fitspo. There's a blog called The Great Fitness Experiment, and uh, the blogger, I believe her name is Charlotte, called it
0: Thinspo in a Sports Bra, which I really liked. Yeah, it's dead on. And Lexi Kite, who's the co-founder of Beauty Redefined, notes that there's a lot in in these images with the quotes and stuff. There's a lot of headless, faceless women with ultra thin, surgically enhanced bodies. And so when I when I search for some of these images online, yeah, there were like fit women or sculpted abs. A lot of the times it was just pieces of women. And if it wasn't pieces, yeah, then there was a woman with obviously like surgically enhanced breasts, but with a teeny tiny sculpted waist so like what kind of 50 million different awful messages are you s- are you sending well and also when we talk about
4: the headless faceless woman that's something that comes up a lot when we think about female objectification in uh, advertising etc and we're now using the same kind of objectification to sculpt our own bodies That is troublesome. Uh, Cynthia Bulick, who's PhD and director of the University of North Carolina Eating Disorders Program and author of The Woman in the Mirror: How to Stop Confusing What You Look Like with Who You Are, told Glamour magazine that yes, Fitspo is bad for you because it's a bunch of quote thin, overly sexualized women with unachievable bodies. And also she points out and this is this is a really great point that the messages of Fitspo are often undergirded in shame if you aren't exercising.
0: Well, I'd also like to point out from that Atlantic article when they were talking to uh, the blogger, they asked her, like, where do you get all these pictures of all these women from? And she said she does a Google image search for models and model portfolios. So there's no promising that these are even real images of a thin or fit woman. They could be airbrushed. like. And, I mean, we talked about airbrushing before. Like, you know, she's she's pulling for inspiration. She's pulling body types that are against the norm. And with
4: that, too, um, that was in response to asking how, like, pro-Anna blogs and hyper-thinspo blogs will get their images um, for that. But with fitspo, it always gets a bit of a pass because it's like, oh, it's promoting exercise. It's great to exercise. You know, what about... Problems with, you know, Americans being overweight and obese. Don't we need to exercise, Caroline? Come on. Um, well, the thing about it is Fitzbo seems to advocate for not just exercise for health's sake, but compulsive Exercise and this ties in with something called the female athlete triad, which is a combo of compulsive exercise, abnormal eating habits, and um, the physiological effects on the female body, which usually includes amenorrhea, which is missing um, a period or two. Um, And Dr. Suzanne Gerard at UC Berkeley uh, highlights. Some of the hallmarks of compulsive exercise, which sounds a lot like the stuff that Fitzbo is advocating for. For instance, people who compulsively exercise tend to exercise as a substitute for a social life. They find time at any cost to do it. They're preoccupied with exercise or have intrusive thoughts about it. They feel overly anxious, guilty, or angry
0: if they can't exercise. Yeah, and there's also the aspect of kind of exercise as punishment for eating something that you consider bad and exercising purely to look better instead of actually what Fitzbo says, to be fit. It's not so much about being healthy, honestly. It's more about, like, I need to look better and have those six-pack abs.
4: Yeah, and you're never being satisfied with your physical achievements. And it makes sense that that Fitspo might set off an endless cycle of compulsive exercising towards nothing because if you're using the image of someone's body that is not your own, possibly airbrushed, possibly a model, possibly someone who might have gotten that thin via eating disorder, and if that's your goal, that's something that your body might not even ever be able to do or look like then you know it's like we're we're just setting up these these unrealistic and unachievable and unhealthy goals for ourselves because we're trying to do something to our insides to just ultimately change our outside.
0: Right, and that obsession is a part of the drive that is, you know, driving compulsive exercising. A 2011 study from the International Journal of Eating Disorders examined uh, almost 1,500 12- to 14-year-olds and found that the strongest predictors of compulsive exercise were a drive for thinness, perfectionism, and obsessive compulsiveness, which is very, there's a lot of overlap there with the drive for eating disorders, like uh, girls, young girls and women who have eating disorders often also have that type A perfectionism, obsessive compulsiveness. And even though compulsive exercise
4: might seem like a healthy alternative to just never eating, not necessarily because it roots back to a lot of the same issues like body dissatisfaction. Uh, There was a 1995 paper we found in the International Journal of Eating Disorders, which examined 110 patients who had been admitted to a university eating Disorders program. And it found that 31% of those qualified as compulsive exercisers and that the compulsive exercise was significantly more related to body dissatisfaction than other things that were going on alongside the eating disorders.
0: And they also found that the trend for compulsive exercise was higher among anorexia patients than bulimia patients. And for another
4: overlap between the pro ana pro-ED online community and FITSPO that I found, which I thought was just glaring, there was a paper on anorexia in the internet. I believe it came out in 2011, and it was talking about how pro ana sites, quote, often use a tone of empowerment and a voice of elite superiority, suggesting that participants and site members are a unique group of highly disciplined achievers who have accomplished a great goal by becoming... Anorexic. And that kind of empowerment and superiority is so similar to the tone of those extreme Fitzpatrick messages because you're achieving your power through the musculature of your body, and allowing exercise to completely overtake your life. The whole thing about pain being fuel, how it's always too early to quit, how fit is not a destination, it's a way of life, like all
0: all of that stuff, it's, it's very similar messaging. And it's insidious. I mean, it affects us whether we realize it or not, which is why I can't even look at that stuff because I like sandwiches and I am not in the best shape and I just don't want to feel bad about myself on a daily basis. But Melissa Fabella over at Misrepresentation talks about how, you know, whether we are prone to eating disorders or not, these images do affect us. She cited a statistic that for people without eating disorders, this is without eating disorders, 84% who viewed pro anacytes were prompted to reduce their caloric intake the following week by 2,470 calories.
4: Yeah, so it's like it it gets into our heads whether we really want it to or not. And it's not—she also makes a point of saying that, you know, it's not these images that necessarily create all of these eating disorders. That proneness towards anxiety, obsession, perfectionism, all of those things are usually— in place in someone, and then it leads into the unhealthy behaviors, whether it's eating, compulsive exercise, whatever it might be. But the fact that it's so accessible to girls and guys, it's not just girls who are affected by it, it's also guys, Mm -hmm. um, is a big problem. And I think it's, it's unfortunate that Fitspo has largely been left out of this conversation because the major social media networks... Are taking such broad measures to weed this stuff out, even though Twitter is massively behind on it. But it's only for ThinSpo, Pro Anna, Body Harm, et cetera.
0: Right. Because yeah, we just still haven't hit that same kind of point with Fitzpo. Yeah. I guess as far as as far as media coverage, you know, media attention goes.
3: And let's talk about the whole
4: thigh gap thing for just a second because this is something that has come up in the past month or so as being this trend among thinspo that girls are really into, which are images of very thin women's legs whose thighs don't touch. And I've seen fitspo images of that, of a girl with a thigh gap um, in, you know, very short, stretchy shorts and a sports bra. How is that any different, though, mm-hmm. than her not being sweaty and just in panties instead? It's
0: the literal representation of fitspo is thinspo in a sports bra. Exactly. It's literal, actual representation Exactly. Of it. And, again, there's absolutely
4: nothing wrong with... Anyone wanting to become healthier and get fit and exercise and needing some inspiration to get off the couch and do that. But it's just, I don't know about you, Caroline, but just in doing a basic search on Pinterest for Fitspo, I would say that 75% of it struck me as Finspo and not
0: healthy Fitspo. Yeah, I, yes, agreed. Well, so, I mean, how do we, how do we look at this stuff and, and tell ourselves to focus and to kind of know what we're looking at? Uh, we, we mentioned Lexi Kite earlier, who's the co-founder of Beauty Redefined, and, and she does talk about, pay attention, is it marketing? Are these ads for Nike? Is that sweaty stomach actually selling you running shoes? Um, because they are. They're using these girl power messages, these rah-rah messages, so that you'll feel good about buying their products. And Lexi says, is it a message of real health and fitness or messages asking you to commodify yourself to appear a certain way? And in doing
4: so, does it diss another body type, pitting female against female? What was the thing that you mentioned about skinny looking good in clothes, but fit looking good naked? And that's just pitting one body type against another. Are we shaming other body types you know, just to make our us feel better. Right.
0: And then, uh, you know, they mentioned, I think it was Lexi who mentioned uh, the Marilyn Monroe. S- I don't know who was on the other side, but it's like, when did Marilyn Monroe type of attractiveness become ugly and this became attractive? You know, pointing to a, a skinnier woman and it's like. Let's let's not. Let's find a di- a different way to be happy with who we are rather than telling somebody else they're ugly. Right, because while yes, we should celebrate female curves, you know,
4: for instance with my body type, I am not a curvy woman. I'm kind of straight up and down. I'm more, you know, yeah, just that. I'm never going to I'm never going to have an hourglass figure, but you know, so so that message for me would be like, "Oh, well, I guess I'm not so much of a woman.
0: Right. There, there's no reason to make somebody else feel bad. And I mean, this goes back to kindergarten rules here. There's no reason to make somebody else feel bad so that you will feel better. And I mean, those feelings are another thing that we really have to pay attention to. Are these Fitspo images inspiring you? Are they, are they good? Are they motivating you to get off the couch and go do something? Or are they just making you feel ashamed like they tend to do to me? Because if they're motivating you, that's great. But if they're just making you worried... Mm-hmm. about how you're being looked at, then that is terrible. And Virginia Sol Smith, a writer, says that pictures of bikini-clad, chiseled muscles beaded with sweat, that's about pretty, not about health.
4: Yeah, it's a whole health versus obsession thing, too. It's healthy to go running. Mm-hmm. It is obsessive to exercise, you know, for four hours every day. Yeah,
0: like even when you're hurt or even when you're really sick. like. Sometimes your body is telling you it needs a break, and sometimes you need to listen. Yeah.
4: And, I mean, we can just kind of apply the everything in moderation maxim to that. You know, that moderation is healthy. Right. The obsessive extreme is not healthy. Yes. So, yeah, uh, clearly Fitzbo got us pretty riled.
0: Yeah, I just... um I I want to, like, be everybody's fairy godmother and somehow wave a magic wand over you and say that you're beautiful and I I think that you should try to be very careful about what you use as your inspiration to get healthier or, or get more in shape because, I mean, exercise can be a great thing and eating right is a great thing. But when you take these things to extremes because you're so worried about being looked at, I, I think you need to uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself and really, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. And
4: again, it's not it's not that we're blaming these images on eating disorders or compulsive exercise or, you know, problems that have have many different layers and many different facets. But it is part of the problem. They are symptoms of greater problems and it's the accessibility factor and the fact that it's targeting not just it's not just younger girls these are for women of all ages to critique ourselves again and again and researching for this episode reminded me of that i've remember it so clearly the very first time I saw an image of another girl who was thinner than I was and it made me feel bad about my body and it was in Adelia's catalog in the swimsuit section and she had a thigh gap and I you know I was probably like 11 or 12 years old and it was the first time it hit me like a ton of bricks saying I don't look like that.
0: Yeah, well, the thing about the thigh gap in particular also is that we have to remember that, like, you look a certain way, I look a certain way, and that Delia's model looks a certain way. I just was not born with the capability of my thighs being apart. Exactly, and that's and that's the thing. It's all about media literacy and
4: understanding that, you know, different bodies are simply made differently.
0: Yeah, different different people have naturally thin bodies or their legs are shaped in such a way... That, you know, they may have that thigh gap. But I don't think that you should go defining yourself by a lack of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's promote what we do have. Like,
4: you know, very, very nice necks and, and eyes. Our eyes, you can look into. People and love nice. our eyebrows. People do love our eyebrows. And, and our eyebrows love you. Well, okay. I could obviously like go on and on and on about thin or fitspo, thin spo, every kind of spo. All the spows. Yes. Um, but I hope that, that this was um, informative for listeners. And again, I know we didn't touch on the guy aspect at all, but very quickly, um, fitspo. Was cited in a New York Times article recently as um, perhaps one thing fueling uh, hypermuscularity among boys. So this body image thing is not just limited to women and girls; it's spreading more and more to men as well. And we need to get savvy about it, yeah. and, and you know, take pains to really think about what's inspiring us to try to. Change our bodies.
0: Yeah. I mean, everybody's, everybody's fighting their own battle, and yeah. we need to wage it with love. With love. We'll start a Pinterest of love-spiration
4: with just images of love. Yep. So send us your thoughts on all this stuff. It's, uh, it's kind of a, a big topic, but an important one. Momstuff at discovery.com. You can also hit us up on Facebook or tweet us. At Mom Stuff Podcast. And before we get to a couple of those messages you sent us, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with some letters.
1: Snag a Job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
3: This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated, PNC Bank a National Association, member FDIC. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham
2: Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of A.I.
3: There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of A.I. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing A.I. and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better.
2: In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for
3: A.I. in these spaces.
4: Well, I've got one here from James, and it's in response to our episode from a while ago on C-sections, but he had some Caesar-related trivia for us, Caroline. And I know you love Caesar-related trivia. Um, And this is in reference to us talking about the etymology of C-section, why we call it a Caesarean section to begin with. He said, Pliny the Elder, the one who died from the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, composed a short encyclopedia called The Natural History, which we have cited before on the podcast. There are all sorts of topics, including monkeys, aphrodisiacs, and circumstances and conditions surrounding births, to name a few. He actually goes the other way, sort of, in explaining the etymology of cesarean section. You see, the Latin verb citeriae means to cut, so he tells us that the first member of the Caesar family way back in the distant past got his name from his mother's uterus having been cut, a matris utero in Latin. So in his mind, it's not that we call them Caesarians because that's how Caesar was born, but that the Caesar family got its name from its eponymous member being cut from its mother. Sorry if that was redundant. For an English analog, it might be like having the family name torn.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. I
4: appreciate etymology
0: tidbits like that. (laughs) And family history. You're talking to some nerds right here. Okay, so here's an email from Erica about uh, going to the gyno. And she has a very good tip that I think I might use next time I go. Uh, She says, even though I'm in my 30s, I still get a little nervous before a gyno appointment, even though I know it's coming, just because it can be so awkward and uncomfortable. But... I have the greatest tip that I learned that I thought you might want to share with your listeners. It has totally helped me not dread this appointment. I learned this tip from a specialist as I have vulvodynia. This condition means that if not handled properly, a visit to the gynecologist could be quite painful to the outside of the vagina. He told me to always ask the gynecologist to use a small speculum or what they use on teens. Who knew there was more than one size? I have had several different gynos over the years and they all respect my requests and it has never been a problem. It is much less painful and I walk out of the office feeling like I did something good for my health instead of feeling like violated like I did in the past. Hope that can help someone. Eric, I think you just helped two people and hopefully you'll help some more. So thank you very much for that tip.
4: And thanks to everyone who's written into discovery.com, which is our email address. You can also message us on Facebook. Uh, that's probably the fastest way to get a response from us, in fact. Or you can tweet us at momstuffpodcast. You can also follow us on Tumblr, where it's stuffmomnevertoldyou.tumblr.com. And finally... Don't forget to watch and subscribe to us on the YouTube. We come out with three brand new videos every week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So don't miss it because it's great. And it's at youtube.com slash stuff mom never told you.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.
3: And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours,
2: too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.
1: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah!